Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, I'm looking at the docket for today's show, and I got to tell you, if I was just switching on the dial and I heard what's on today's show, I would actually listen to today's show. You would? That's how good today's show is. Wow. You have booked James Giuliani. Is it Giuliani or Giuliani? Probably Giuliani. We better find out. Okay. He, of course, is the, he was a mobster. Yes, he was the he head was. mobster. He was what they called the enforcer Ooh. in Brooklyn for 20-odd years. Wow. So he worked with John Gotti. Uh-oh. Yeah. So why is he going to be on Animal Radio? Well, oh, yeah. he has a brand new television show about animals. He's turned, he's changed. He's a changed man, I understand. Really? Animals have turned his life around? Uh, that and some jail time. I think both have <laughs> turned him around, but he'll be on the show in just a few minutes. You know, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I'm sick today. You know, I got some sort of chest thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the heck's going on. But you, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, and, and Joe the Butcher and uh, Hal the Slasher used to come into my dad's restaurant on Ralph Avenue, so I'm excited to talk to... And by the way, it's Mr. Giuliani. Is it Giuliani? Giuliani. Giuliani? Okay, remember. I'm, I'm just telling you uh, the wrong way to say it so that you can make him really mad. <laughs> well, if anyone's going to make him mad, it's going to be Joey Volani, who feels like, I no, guess... it's it, going to be you. No, it'll be Joey. Listen, <clears throat> listen, come on. There's only one dog father. I grew up in northern New Jersey. I know all the boys. Stop it. Um, please. It takes a lot of guts to say something like that. So I, do you know James Giuliani? Never heard of him. By the way, check that pronunciation. I will. Yeah. I, will. I don't trust Alan. <laughs> That's right. Also That's on right. today's show, we're going to talk to a lady who's, uh, is she a doctor who talks about dementia? Dr. Jennifer Bolser. Yes, she is. Do our animals get dementia? I mean, we do. Do they? Well, we'll find out on today's show. Stacy, what are you uh, working on? Well, there's an American health crisis, and it has nothing to do with federal health care websites, rising deductibles, or even doctor shortages. Something that you are well aware of, and it's probably crawling between your legs right now. I'll tell you about it and what it is. Okay. On Animal Radio don't, even. News. don't look down. Yeah. Don't even want to go there. You, you know, how did you know? So I, I looked down as soon as she said that. We're going to go to, how about Chris? Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I could be richer. Oh, me too. Well, we're rich in a special way. It may not be money, but we have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, problem, yeah right. uh, my, my son lives up on a mountain ridge in Pennsylvania, and we have more than our fair share of bears. Right now, Ooh. he's got two of them, and one of them is, um, he's being okay. When the dogs go out, uh, he's got three dogs. He runs up a tree like he's supposed to, but there's another one that my son describes as the biggest animal he has ever seen. He comes right up onto his porch, which is also his deck. And when the dogs uh, try to run him off, he just kind of looks like him uh, with this look on his face, like, "What do you think you're doing here? This is my deck." And yes. uh, <laughs> uh, my son has gone out there with his shotgun and shot it up in the air, and the bear just looks at him like. What are you making noise for? <laughs> oh, no. Um, you know, hunting season is uh, several months away. The, um, the animal uh, people have been up there trying to figure out, uh, you know, they put traps up, and, of course, that's not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think the big bear has been trapped once before. 
and was relocated to my son's neighborhood. So mm-hmm. he's not going to crawl into a trap again. Yeah. And yeah. We're cons- he's going to try to uh, get into the house. Oh, sure. And, you know, the, the biggest thing with, with bears is, you know, food motivates them to do a lot of things and put themselves in scenarios where we, we don't think that they would be comfortable with. Um, so that's the biggest thing that when we're dealing with bears kind of crossing into our realm, into our environments, is to ensure that we're doing everything we can to make it uh, less favorable for them to want to come in close to our homes and that's usually taking control of food garbage um any kind of uh edibles whether it's uh you know fruit trees things of that nature so that's the first thing that you know really to make sure that we do is that we're you know not leaving garbage out um if it's in um preferably we keep garbage indoors um or in a shed um and only put it out or take it to the dump when it's time um because that they'll keep coming back if they've got that um or if you feed birds if you have bird feeders out that's a great thing that they'll be attracted to um you know dog food sitting outside in bowls all of these things are um food sources so they really have to be a zero attractance and in desire for them to want to come nearby so so that's definitely the one big thing that i would uh, suggest to do and you know bears don't always scare and, and if the dogs aren't scaring this one you know it, it may be hard and sometimes that you do have to call in the wildlife authorities where they'll have the 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 beer uh, beer <laughs> bear deterrent uh, <laughs> crews and i've seen this you know in, in different documentaries where you know they use sometimes even you know uh, not just regular bullets but even rubber bullets to try to scare them away they have to train them to be afraid of being around people um so um hopefully those local authorities you know can have the the right resources for that um but you gotta clean up everything i mean garbage you know clean those garbage cans out motion activated lights if they're getting close you can try activating them um you know some of the really bright halogen lights so if they're coming near the home at night or near where your garbage is secured um you know you have something like that to help deter them and to kind of scare them away but uh, I feel for you, man, because, you know, it's hard when wildlife gets close to your home. Um, you know, you have a responsibility and a right to, you know, make sure everyone's safe and protected there. So um, sometimes you got to do what, what you need to do and call those people. Well, I think you uh, nailed it. The garbage is, is taken inside the house. My son, even this year, planted uh, 12 more fruit trees. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's hard because if you have one, then you know you, it's reasonable to say you're going to go around and pick up the you know the fallen fruit and things like that. But if you've got a you know a grove that you've got that that's just you know asking them to come close to the home. So uh, I'm not saying chop those trees down, but you know you just got to weigh the pros and cons, and that might be something that if those bears are attracted to, they're going to keep coming. Yeah, he was planting the fruit trees for the deer. There's <laughs> <laughs> ah. Added bonus, I think. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, the, the right. deer, so the deer, no, uh, <laughs> scent or anything we can put out there that they're afraid of that you know of. Well, as far as different scents, you know, just cleaning up, you know, if you have like the garbage areas, um, there are definitely some folks that will advocate putting lime in there just to help kind of uh, uh, cover up the odors of garbage. Um, as far as deterrence, um, scents, you know, I'm not really aware of anything that's good to keep them away. The biggest thing is to keep the food odors away. So even like garbage, you can vacuum pack garbage or make sure that, you know, you keep any of the food related garbage um, out at a very minimum just when you're, you know, disposing of things. I feel for you, man. I hope the deer come around, but I hope the bears go away. 
Okay, thank you. Thanks for your call, Chris. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio, one 405 Don't forget that Dr. Debbie's books on Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers available. If you have one of those, you should check out How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. It's an e-book, and we link to it from AnimalRadio.com. Uh, let's uh, head back to the phones here. We have Jesus. Hey, Jesus. How are you? Hello. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, yeah, I have a, a question. You know, uh, you know our dogs, you know, we all have the same kind of organs, you know, stomach and liver and all that. But I don't know. Dogs, cats, they burp. Okay, so there's kind of two questions if I got that right. So you want to know if dogs are like us and they have all the same organs? And then you want to know if dogs burp. Is that correct? Never burp we... at all. Now I'm just curious. Okay. All righty. Yeah. Well, dogs definitely do burp, and they pass wind. Um, and yeah, some dogs definitely do it more often than other breeds. And for anyone who might have, say, a boxer or an English bulldog, those guys are really very windy from both ends. Um, and, it, and it does play a role with kind of how they are um, taking in their air. So if they're kind of... <laughs> like that you can see a lot more gas on either end um so definitely yeah if your doggy doesn't do much burping then then you're maybe fortunate but uh, i'd rather have it come up the front end than go out the back side hey, that's for sure here here <laughs> amen true that my what little it, ladybug burps <laughs> ladybug she has little quaint burps they like she does. i've seen dr debbie breathe like that when she sees yeah. a larva or a tapeworm no, oh, I do get excited. I really do. I I enjoy those things. But you know what? The 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 brachycephalic, the dogs that have kind of smushed in faces, they are just known to be gassy fellas and and ladies too. So uh, that may be a part of the case with your dog. I don't know. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, right here, we're going to talk to Doctor Jennifer Bolser, and she's studying animals to find out if they get dementia just like humans Uh, so that should be interesting i can't imagine my i think i think my cat already has alzheimer's (laughs) i had a dog that had um cognitive dysfunction oh really there's actually a name for it huh yes there is and actually i was just a child when my dog had it and it was very upsetting but uh, you know as i got older i learned about it and it is definitely a real thing how old was your dog well he lived to be 17 um but he was probably around 14 15 when he, he really started developing problems he'd get oh. kind of lost and kind of stuck in corners of the house and slept during the day and then at the middle of the night he'd be wandering around the house like you know he was some kind of night owl um, that, those were the biggest things Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to William Braden. He is the uh, filmmaker, what did you call it? Filmmaker behind Henry. Yes. Henry the Cat viral video on YouTube. Henry uh, Lachat. Is it Henri? Henri. I don't know yes. my French. Is it Henri? Henri. 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 Yes. Very good. Henri Henri Henry? You do know your French. Yes. Uh, well, I, I like it know. when you talk French like that. Ooh. Very Ooh la la. Voulez-vous se coucher? I'm la du fromage. A duro le soir, a duro le soir. He'll be on the show because he's hosting the Internet Cat Video Festival, which you probably think is just a bunch of single women that will never marry sitting around in the local veterans' I was surprised at how many guys were there. An amazing turnout all over the country. Minnesota, it was huge. I mean, it looked like yeah. Woodstock in Minnesota. Yeah. The screen that they showed the pictures on, uh, the, uh, the all the thousands videos, of people. was small, dwarfed compared to the thousands of people surrounding it. These are big deals, and they're traveling across the country, and he's hosting it, and he'll be on the show Right here in just a couple of minutes, right here on Animal Radio. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals, canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. 
admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. I have a question for Alan about those damn harnesses. I think we've talked about those before. The chest I harnesses. Think I think they're stupid and useless. I, I have dogs coming in my office, and people are so afraid of their dog choking on a regular collar or a choker harness or a choker that they put all varieties of harnesses on. And there's a kind that like attaches to the front, the chest harness, and the one that kind of buckles over the back. And and they just, in my opinion, they learn to be sled dogs. Well. You know, if you're going to teach a dog anything, and that's what we have to be as teachers, we're always talking about your job is to be a teacher. You can't teach a dog anything if you can't correct him. You know, it's kind of like when you have a, a baby or a child and you want your child to do certain things and not do other things, you can use language to say no. And with the dog, you've got to be able to divert their attention and change their focus. And the only way to do that is, you know, you've got to have a way to correct them. And the only way to correct the dog is physically. You have to touch them to, to correct them. And so I can see why people would be afraid because they got these out-of-control dogs that are pulling at the leash and it looks like they're going to choke themselves and how horrible that is. But, you know, the dog is not going to choke himself. And if your dog is pulling at the leash like that, then you've got to start over from the beginning and teach your dog to walk on a leash properly and, and teach your dog how to behave with corrections and you've got to give your dog lots of exercise i see this stuff every day and you know i i want to jump in and help people but you know most people that i see they don't really want help and they really can't be helped um because they don't want it they just want to talk about their dogs i mean i've got this neighbor her dogs charge everybody they run off the property they terrorize people and you know i go by her house yesterday and my wife's with me and she's terrorized of these dogs and they come charging out you know and i just stand there and you know my dog's with me he's all calm and relaxed and in a second it's diffused because we have no fear and then this woman comes out and she just wants to talk about her dogs and you know this one's the stubborn one and he does this and he does that and i don't care i don't want to hear it you know there i don't really i don't care i mean do you want to do you want to learn how to teach your dog not to charge and terrorize people that's the basic question and obviously the answer is no she does not not want to learn this. You know, women are sometimes like that. They don't want to. They don't want answers. They don't want us no, to find wait, wait a minute now. They Stop it out. They just want Hell, us to say yeah. that. Well, Alan, you you are just totally validating my opinion because I I took some bad press when I wrote my Yorkie book and someone wrote, "How dare you say to use a pinch collar or a choker horn choker on my dog? Why would I hurt an animal that I love?" Oh my God! Can is, I just tell you? Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a real? I was at the baseball field and I've got one of those collars with the little prongs on it that simulates uh, a mother's teeth and i have it on my dog my 120 pound dog you know i i used it on him in the beginning when i taught him and trained him and so this woman comes up to me and she's like how cruel you know that you have that on your dog and so i took it off and i put it around my neck and i and i proceeded to pull it and correct myself the way i would correct him and she goes <laughs> well i don't care i don't care it's still cruel and you know my neck has no fur it's a small human neck and i'm not being hurt by the damn thing it's just a poke. And, and I go, you know, do you have a dog at home? She goes, what is it, a macho thing? I go, no, no, it has nothing to do with that. I go, do you have a 
dog at home? She goes, yeah. I go, well, why isn't your dog here at the baseball field with you? Oh, I can't bring him out of the house. He'd be out of control if he were here. There's other dogs. There's. I go, exactly, exactly. That's my point. My dog's here. He's happy. He's content. He's calm. He's mellow because we taught him how to behave by using this collar appropriately and with respect and properly. And it's not hurting him in the least. But you're a human and you've got the human thoughts and the human emotions and the human crazy. And you're going to attack me while my dog is here with me as happy as he can be. And your dog's locked away from you at home with nobody to play with and be with. Isn't that it's nice? It's a tool. Tool used properly is very effective. That is correct. one 405 It's toll free to the Dream Team. We're going to check out what's uh, happening in the newsroom in just a couple of seconds. Well, do you know who the most interesting man in the world is? Uh, how about this? He drinks Dosecki beer. <laughs> and he's going to be helping a Vermont company raise money to fight cancer in dogs. I'll tell you who it is and what he's doing coming up on Animal Radio News. I know this guy. Oh, do you? Okay. His name is Juan Pablo Pablo. <laughs> Also on the way in just a few minutes now, this is, I'm actually checking something off my bucket list. This was actually on my bucket list to talk to a mob enforcer before I kick the bucket. And we're going to do that today. James Giuliani, he worked for John Gotti 20 years in Brooklyn, and now he's a rescuer. He rescues cat. He says he's changed his ways. We're going to speak to him in just a few minutes. There are people that think, you know, anybody can be changed. Mm-hmm. But some people are born. You know, my daughter, she watched an episode of Dexter last night. She comes running downstairs. You know, she starts freaking out. And she goes, yeah, he enjoys. I mean, I can't watch that. It's horrible. She, He enjoys hurting people. And I go, yeah, there's people in the world like that. They get a rush out of, mm-hmm. you know, violence. Well, you know, guys like that are scary. You have no idea what he's done. Did I ever tell you, okay, my dad, he had the restaurant. And the the mob guys used to come in, the low-level enforcer guys, Joe the Butcher and Sal the Slasher. And I was 13, I'd be washing dishes, and Joe the Butcher, he liked me. You know, he had a big gun. And one day, I decided to have a conversation with Joe the Butcher, and I said, Joe the Butcher, you like me? And he goes, yeah, I like you. You're 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 a nice kid. You're a good kid. I said, well, could you kill me? And he goes, well, yeah. And I go, well, but you like me. And he goes, yeah. I go, then how could you kill me? He goes, well, it would be business. And I go, so even people you like, you could kill. And I go, do you like killing people? And he goes, yeah, I do. I do. I enjoy it. I get a big rush out of it. Well, this is this is yeah. what James Giuliani said. And he changed his ways when he ran into a dog. Uh, now he's uh, rescuing these animals. Uh, he has a shelter with 60 animals in them. has a brand new television show on Oprah Network uh, about the Diamond Collar, his pet store, and what he does in his rescue. So he's changed his ways. He scares a lot of people by the way he sounds and the way he looks, but Mm -hmm. he's a pussy cat. Also, if you like cat videos, stick around. We have William Braden on. He's the uh, filmmaker for Henry Le Chat Noir. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy. No fillers, just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. 
Dry our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget to stay and neuter. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, there's an American health crisis, and it has nothing to do with federal health care websites, rising deductibles, or doctor shortages. Pets are getting sicker, and many owners don't even have a clue. The reason? They don't go to the vet. Dog vet visits have slipped 21% since 2001. Cat visits have dropped 30%, according to the American Veterinary Medical Association. Meanwhile, though, emergency visits have increased, indicating that people are just waiting until their pets get really sick to do anything about it. The crisis in pet health has spurred a new $5.5 million public awareness campaign that's urging annual checkups. The campaign is sponsored by a consortium called Partners for Healthy Pets. The big thing we all tend to forget is a pet's lifespan is 10 to 15 years. So skipping a physical is like a person not going to a doctor for five or seven years. The sooner you catch any disease, the easier it is to treat it successfully. There's a new app from the American Red Cross that helps dog and cat owners care for their pets in an emergency situation. The Red Cross Pet First Aid app is available for iPhones and Androids. It only costs 99 cents to download. It's got a lot of good stuff. It's got step-by-step instructions, videos, and images on how to treat more than 25 common first aid situations for pets, including bleeding, burns, and cardiac and respiratory problems. You can create a pet profile, tag identification number, photos, list of medications, instructions, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Find emergency pet care facilities or alternate veterinarians with the animal hospital locator. You can also locate uh, pet-friendly hotels. All you have to do is go to redcross.org slash mobile apps, and you can find it. What looks like the most interesting man in the world is actually helping a Vermont-based company raise money to fight cancer in dogs, Jonathan Goldsmith. He's a Manchester resident, made famous by his role in the Dos Equis beer commercials. But he's also a dog lover, and he's hoping to help raise some funds for the Denver-based Morris Animal Foundation. It promotes veterinary research for companion animals, horses, and wildlife. Pretty simple takes money, said, and I can help them raise money, said Goldsmith. He's got two uh, shepherds. He lost a third dog to canine cancer. The nicest thing about so-called celebrity status is to be able to call attention to the things you believe in. Good guy. I'm Stacy Cohen. You can get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Remember, spay and neuter your animal, and abusers are losers. Now back to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download the Animal Radio app for iPhone or Android. Ask your questions directly from the app as well as listen to uh, past shows. Delve into our resources. It's a real mouse. What do they call that? Rabbit hole? You, you download our app, you'll be busy for the next few hours just playing around with it. Well, this last week, I was honored to go to the Internet Cat Video Festival 
in San Luis Obispo, California. This is a tour that's actually traveling across the country, and I believe it was about six months ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Judy. We actually talked to somebody from the tour in Minnesota. Yes, we did. The Walker Institute. Walker Art Institute, I believe. And what they did is they said they were going to go on tour at that time. And they have taken this on tour. And I've mentioned this before. When you say Internet Cat Video Film Festival, you think, well, maybe there's a bunch of... Single hopeless women sitting around in a veterans hall. With you their know. little cardigans and their glasses yeah. and their knitting. Not the case. And in fact, so many people show up to these things that a lot of them are sold out. The guy who's hosting the tour and traveling around the country, he actually created one of the videos that won the uh, what is it, the Golden Kitty Award. Henry or Henri. Henri. You, you say it in French, Judy. Henri. Le, le chat no. Let Debbie say it. She could say it. Debbie used to do it much better. Henri. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. This is a little tuxedo cat. I encourage you to just go over to YouTube right now and put in Henry, spelled H-E-N-R-Y. You'll find it. And you'll find it. A bunch of them. It's gone viral. So the guy who made the video, William Braden's hosting the tour, and he's joining us right now. Hi, William. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Can I just say you're a rock star in my eyes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm starting to feel like it after the tour. It's been really, really fun. I'm taking some getting used to it. Yeah, well, so now what cities have you been in so far, and what kind of turnout have you had? Uh, We had a couple one-off shows. We were in Brooklyn, uh, a few things in Chicago that were uh, benefits for Cat Rescue there that were great. Uh, And then this tour started in Seattle, which is where I'm from. We went to Spokane, Boise, uh, San Luis Obispo, where you were at, I believe, and uh-huh. uh, Oakland, um, Long Beach, uh, Reno, and then we ended up in a huge show in Los Angeles. How many people show up at these things? They had to stop selling tickets online just so they could let in some of the people that had been waiting in line for an hour or so. It was a line about two blocks long uh, wow. outside the Echo Park. So it, it's definitely as successful as we hoped for this tour. So we're, we're going to definitely keep doing it going forward. Well, it's crazy success. First of all, the, the whole attraction to internet video, cat videos. What is that? Explain that. Why are we just innately drawn to cat videos? I think this, I like to say there's really two parts to it. One is that everyone really just likes cats. I mean, their cats are, are immensely popular. But they don't get to be sort of out in the world as much as dogs. There, there aren't really any cat parks the way there's dog parks. No one walks their cats around on leashes. So so the Internet became like this sort of virtual way for people to share the experience of having a cat. To say like, oh, they, the cat in that video does the same thing that mine does or you know things like that. And then the other side of it is really that I think these videos have always been really popular. It's just that in the last couple of years, it became a little bit more acceptable, I guess, you know, palatable to... to actively like them it didn't have to be something kind of you know embarrassing like you said you know the the stigma of sort of the cat ladies and all of that so in the last couple years all of that sort of the lid has come off of it and it's just been kind of a okay fun cool thing to enjoy without having to be embarrassed about it Mm. when you put it together this what is it an hour and a half of reel that you show at these events are these yeah it varies a little bit it's a little less than that about 75 minutes do you get the rights for these, or are they public domain rights? How do you put together a film like this? It's complicated, but there's a, there's a very specific reason why we don't sell DVDs, for example, or why um, we like to partner up with nonprofits and things like that. Is because we obviously get permission from anybody that has that makes the videos and try to get in touch with them. And mostly, we send a lot of traffic to their YouTube videos, so it, it really boosts the, the visibility of them. But we just get a very, very limited right just to make sure that, you know, everybody's happy. But uh, mostly it's just because we're just 
making a list of all these ones that are on YouTube anyway. It's it's actually pretty basic. This is a happy accident for you. you you've <laughs> fallen into this by making a video about your cat, Henry. Yeah, a happy accident is very good. I, I would usually say dumb luck, but a happy accident is a little more, uh, a little more diplomatic, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, I, I was in film school. Um, this was in 2006. I had a project to do where I was supposed to do a, film, a, a profile of someone, <laughs> and I had procrastinated, and I didn't have enough time to finish it. And we've been watching a lot of these old black and white French New Age films, and I thought, well, maybe if I do a profile of this cat, and I, you know, I do a parody, and I mean, if I make it funny enough, maybe no one will notice I didn't really follow the assignment. <laughs> and it, it worked, and I got it made. That was the genesis of all of this. And then years later, I just I finally made a Facebook page for, for Henri, for the character. Well, this is radio. I encourage listeners to head on over to YouTube and, and uh, definitely look for Henry, uh, H-E-N-R-I, La Chat Noir. How do, you pronounce, how do you say the rest of that there? Well, I've gotten I, over two years. I actually got to where I can pronounce it decently. I was I was pretty bad to begin with, but it's really just Henri Le Chat Noir. He is he is a wise cat. I think is one of his best sayings was, "If you gaze long into the catnip, the catnip gazes also into you." And I have lived yeah. my life that way. Yeah. Is, is there a website for uh, the uh, Cat Video Festival? Uh, well, we're in the process of transitioning it actually now because when it, it was, you mentioned the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis. All of this has sort of been under their purview uh, until recently, and now as we're starting to go on, on tour, it's sort of becoming a separate entity. So we're in the we're in the process of putting together a separate website, so it will just be all of the information in one place. Uh, but for now, if you Google anything about the Internet Cat Video Festival or whatever, it'll send you to the Walker Arts Center page. That'll be the first thing that comes up. And that, that's where you can get all the basic info about the history of it. And we should be updating it with, you know, what's upcoming for now. As soon as we have uh, an external website, that'll be linked to it as well. So. Well, I got to tell you, you got the thumbs up from Roger Ebert before he passed. He called Henry Two the best Internet cat video ever made. Yeah, so, that was. A, I, I tell people on stage, you know, I, I hope to get married and have kids someday, but that will still be the best thing that ever happens. <laughs> there you go. I was a huge Roger Ebert fan, and um, I after he passed, I reached out to um, I just to the contact that, that was there for his blog and mentioned that it was just a really big honor that he had mentioned it. And I, you know, I assumed that it was just somebody else who ran the blog or Twitter account that did it. And, and I actually got a response from his assistant and said. If you think he didn't run all of that and type everything himself, you're crazy. It, you know, especially after his speech was affected, he he just lived online and then lived for it. So that means yeah, he actually really did see it and really really declared that. So it really that that meant a lot. Well, that that was when I knew like, oh my god. This, I was going to say that, too, but, you know, it doesn't throw yeah, as much weight around from, as yeah, uh, coming from you, Hal, Roger Ebert. Not, yeah. Yeah. Hey, William, <laughs> thanks so much for hanging with us today. That was my pleasure. And hopefully we'll talk again. Keep us posted. We'll put links to all of William's websites over at AnimalRadio.com. We'll head back to the phones next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free.
Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Hey, Larry, how are you doing? Oh, Harry, I'm sorry. Hey. Harry, how are you doing? Okay, how are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm uh, at Glen Hartsville area. What's, is that? Is that Pennsylvania? Yeah, it's uh, Glen Hartsville. It's right outside of Kutztown. Oh, okay. I know the place. Port Hamburg, Kutztown, in that way. Yeah, I've been through there n- never. But I understand that you were a bunch of big animal lovers over there in Pennsylvania. Well, I'll tell you, I uh, used to do racing, too. And uh, I had a field in my farm where I had uh, cars I'd be, I'd be repairing or building, you know, race cars for the boys. Uh, I had 27 German Shepherds for security wow. around the L-shaped perimeter that I couldn't see from the house, right? Whoa. And I took uh, these here German Shepherds that other people couldn't handle. And uh, I got them uh, that they behaved good. I even donated one to the police department. And uh, when uh, Johnson was president, I had a kennel at the barn, uh, the English Beagles. And when they had their litters uh, one time, I had a 34 head count in the kennel. Well, that must have been a lot of food. I used to buy 1,500 pounds at a time. Holy cow. Man's best friend was working good for me, and I just got done coming in the house, bringing firewood in uh, the house I'm renting here. I have electric heaters, and I have the fireplace, and the dog I have with me now, I was just sitting here on the sofa, petting her and fussing over her because she loves attention, and uh, to me, God's best uh, gift to a man is uh, his friendly animals. Oh, you bet. You, you bet. can trust them more than you can trust somebody else because somebody else, uh, if I'd hired guys to, to uh, guard what I had on the farm, they'd have been stealing from me more than likely. The dogs, I treat them good. 27 German Shepherds. I bet nobody messed with your property, huh? 27 German Shepherds <laughs> on uh, around the L-shaped perimeter around my field where I had the automobiles in. The end of the barn, I had one. And down at the overhang, I had two more, so that made 30 German shepherds I had. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of great friends there. Well, I tell you, uh, with, with uh, the farming today, I don't know what's wrong with people that don't understand. If you don't have a farmer doing what he's doing to help feed the crowd, what happens if they get hungry? Yep, we need our farmers in our farmland. Thank you for what you do. I appreciate your time today. Toll free, it's one 405 8405 to check in with the Dream Team. I have Dr. Debbie here, dog trainer Alan Cable, and dog father Joey Volani for you. This guy's a lunatic. He's from a different era, Alan. Normal yeah, back yeah, 30 then, German Shepherds. How come 10 wasn't enough? Where did he, how, how did he arrive at the 30 number? You sound like you need to get healthy there, I'm Alan. Sick. I, yeah, I'm sick, Dr. Debbie. I got me a, a, a bronchitis, I think is what I got. Can, can you look in his throat and tell us if it's anything that he should uh, be on medicine for? Oh, my gosh. Dr. You had a hairball back there. Yeah. Holy crap. So, just, give me some, just give me some veterinary care. Give me the forceps. Care. I'll be let me, fine. Let me, oh, it's a cockroach. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, I just lost our last caller because I was texting at the same time as uh, uh, very dangerous. doing the radio show. Sorry about that. There We have, uh, is it Rob on the phone? Hey, Rob, how are you doing? Okay, how are you today? Where are you? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Are you, uh, where in Pennsylvania? I'm uh, near uh, Wilkesbury, Scranton. I'm east or west of there out in the hills. How can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Well, well howdy. Hi, uh, uh, howdy, how are you? Very uh, good. I, I, I got um, a thing from our vet. It's just a, a booklet that came out. And I was reading through it, and it says it was talking about how roundworms 
and hookworms, I believe it were, can be transmitted when uh, animals eat other critters. You got and it. I was, uh, how likely is that? And can warming, is there a warming that can be done uh, preventively for that? Or because we have a, a couple of cats and uh, they hunt the bunnies and the squirrels and chipmunks and the dogs sometimes steal from them and eat them. And so I, I didn't know, uh, you know, if they, if they should be wormed like twice a year just in case or. Yeah, yeah. Very good questions. And, and I'm glad to hear somebody actually reads those handouts that we veterinarians give you guys. <laughs> so it, it's very good. But yes, very good question. So things like roundworms, hookworms. Yes, um, we can have a hunter, say a cat that hunts, eats you know, rodents, birds, rabbits. Uh, well, I guess a cat would need a rabbit, but that's oh, my yeah. dog, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, they can actually acquire some of these parasites, not just from the regular uh, soil or eating stool, but from actually eating other creatures. And um, how common is it? Mm, probably not the most common way that pets get infected, but it is possible. Um, so, yes, we would, uh, in your area, you might, uh, you know, every area in the country has different parasite burdens and loads, but I'd say from where you're sounding like where you're from on the East Coast, I would be thinking twice a year um, deworming would be a very rational protocol where we'd um, basically deworm as much as we need for the area we're in. Now, I'm from Las Vegas. We don't have as many of these type of critters, so once a year out here would seem um, appropriate for that. And for dogs... The best way to do regular deworming is to actually use a monthly heartworm preventative that also has a deworming for intestinal parasites. So that can be one of the great ways for dogs to ensure that we keep this parasite burden very low and help to protect against those kind of um, acquiring of the uh, parasites along the road. Okay. And and how about ticks? Uh, Is it only the deer tick that carries Lyme disease or is it the bigger ones too, the wood ticks? There are other varieties, and um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. There's lots of different species out there. Any tick in my eyes is suspect, not just because of Lyme disease, because of the other diseases they carry, or lichiosis, anaplasma. So there's other diseases that those little critters can carry. So in my eyes, no tick is a good tick. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Thanks. Well, I, I thank you for your time. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Hi, this is Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. Here's today's top all-rounder news story. I'm Nick Miles. Toyota of Indiana has completed a 1.3 billion monetization project. News was announced at a celebration in Princeton, Indiana, where the all-new 2020 Highlander recently began production. One million was also committed to a new regional workforce program, connecting students with career opportunities in advanced manufacturing while still in high school. To find your new Toyota, see our reviews at ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, 
Al Abrams, and Judy Francis. An amazing hour up ahead. We're going to talk to mob enforcer James Giuliani. Of course, he's changed from what we hear. We'll find out. I guess he's no longer in the mob. He's taking care of animals, has about uh, 60 at his own home, has a brand new television show. How do you get out of the mob? That's what I want to ask him. I don't know. That's a... I didn't think you ever got out. But that just shows you how animals are healing and, and, and they can really change your life. Well, that's what he said. And you know what he said? He, he used to get this adrenaline rush when he would shoot somebody, you know, Ooh. enforce, do his enforcing. Now he says he gets a better rush out of saving these animals. And we'll talk to him. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know. It's really, really cool. (laughs) We'll see if he has changed because we have ways of finding out. Of course, we have Joey Villani here who's insanely, I don't know, he's been walking around today a little bit jealous because we have him on. You think? And I think he's going to say something during the interview that might get us in trouble. So I just want to tell you, Mr. Giuliani, right now that I can't be responsible for anything Joey says. Or really anything I say, for that matter. Yeah. We're going to go to the phones. one 405 8405 It's toll-free. What are you working on, Stacy? I know you've heard the old saying, I, you know, the old trick where the, the magician pulls the rabbit out of a hat. Well, what about pulling a cockroach out of your ear? Yeah. Some guy had this uh, weird cockroach in his ear. Well, any cockroach is weird, but I'm going to give you the details coming up. He lived with it for a while, too. Took forceps to get it out. Okay, that's enough. I've given too much away. You got to check it out. Coming up on Animal Radio News. How cool. I know. <laughs> I saw that story and, and I, I heard that guy talk and he's in Australia. Well, I've told you before that I've pulled out cockroaches out of dogs' ears as well. That's they crawl in there yeah, when they're sleeping and it's it's just disgusting. They come out and you can see all the little pieces, parts, and yeah. Oh, that is so gross. <laughs> You wonder why that dog's shaking his head, and you know he's got a cockroach shoved in there. Don't act like you don't love it, Doctor Debbie. Don't don't even act that way. Don't I, I that. had to keep the squeal of glee subdued until yeah. after she was finished. I have to admit that. I, I... <laughs> Let's go to Jason. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? All right, how you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Where where in Pennsylvania is that? Uh, about twenty minutes outside of Reading. Oh, okay, so probably listening on W E E U, and I appreciate That's it. That's correct. Well, I understand you have a dog issue, and I have Alan Cable. He can fix any vexing dog issues you have. Promise. Okay. You ready? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. I have a, a, a lab Rottweiler mix. Um, and to give you our schedule, um, we both, both me and my wife work. Um, 7 o'clock in the morning, dogs go out. They go to the bathroom. They come in. Um, they're in the room until I come home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I take them out. They go potty. They come in. They eat their dinner in between 3 and 8. Eight o'clock at night, me and my wife take them out. They go to they go to the bathroom. They do their business. They both they both go. I have two dogs anyway, two labs, but the three year old lab is what I'm talking about. Um, they both do their business, come back in, and every night I she she still goes to the bathroom on the floor. It's like a every night thing. I don't know how to stop her from doing it. Where does she go to the bathroom? On the floor. I know where where the same spot every time or a different spot or carpet uh, hardwood. Well, we, uh, we had her up with my son up in his room for a little bit, and yes, it would be in the same spot every time on the steps. And then just last night, we figured, you know, let's, I, I just put new carpet in my son's room, so I didn't want her to stay up there, so I let her stay down with, with me and my wife and my other dog, and she still wound up going then in my daughter's room on the floor. Yeah. So it's and, like, and I want to put new carpet you... in, and I want to put new carpet in and there, but I'm afraid to because she's going to keep going to the bathroom on the floor. When you When you find it the next day, do you get mad at her? No, I can't because it's 
how can I get mad at her? I wasn't there when she did it. Okay, very simple. Um, first of all, uh, how many hours is it between the time you go to bed and wake up that she gets to go again? How many total hours does she, uh, you know, is uh, she not supposed to? We go to bed. We take them out at nine o'clock, and then my wife is taking them back out at seven in the morning again. So okay. Nine, do you, do you take do you? Do you take their water away? Do you t do you leave water yes. out during the night, or do no. you take it away? No water, no food. Okay, and so you let her have free run of the house too. She can go wherever she wants. Uh, just just on the second floor. She's, just uh, on the uh, second we floor. Have a, we have a baby gate across the the top of the steps. She's not allowed to go downstairs. She just stays upstairs okay. with me and the wife. First thing is, uh, have you taken her to the vet to make sure nothing's wrong? I have not. Okay. I, I would start there, and if there's nothing wrong, and there probably isn't, the second thing you're going to do, it, it's a very simple thing. It's going to make you uncomfortable for a couple of weeks, but it will work very well. When this happens, you kind of got to retrain your dog, repotty train your dog. So first thing you're going to do is get a good enzyme cleaner at the pet food store that's designed to take the scent totally out, and you're going to clean all the areas where the dog is gone that you know about so that she's not tempted to go back to those areas. The second thing you're going to do is confine her to a crate, a kennel, or a room, maybe your room, uh, so that you can hear, and she wakes you up if there's activity, and she can let you know she has to go. But the best thing, put her in a crate overnight to start with. And what you're going to do is you're going to wake up, let's say you go to bed at 9, you're going to wake up at about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're going to let her out. And every night, you're going to do that for about four days. And then every night after that, you're going to lengthen it by about 15, maybe a half hour. So for a week at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're going to get up, you're going to let her out, you're going to go back to bed, put her in a crate. And then you're going to do it at 2.30, and then you're going to do it at 3 o'clock, and slowly you're going to work your way up to the time you normally would let her go out, and that should pretty much solve your problem. You're going to teach her uh, slowly when it's okay for her to go out, where it's okay for her to go out. So when you take her out late at night, no talking. Put her on the leash. Take her out yourself on a leash. You get out there. You go, go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Or whatever it is you say. Pee, whatever it is. Whatever words you use. Go to the bathroom. Right. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. All business. As soon as she goes and is finished going, good dog. Give her a treat. Go back in the house. Put her in her crate. Go to bed. You said it would be okay to just keep her in the room instead of crating her? Well, for some reason, you, you seem to be adverse to the crate, but the crate is yeah. a wonderful th the crate is a wonderful thing. Uh, it, it really is. There's nothing harmful or bad about a crate. Dogs actually love crates, and that's why they like to lay under coffee tables, and they like to go in small, confined spaces because it reminds them of their den. So a crate is actually a good thing. If you want to, you can leash her up to your bed so that she's right yeah. there with you. But right. I would use a, I would use a crate and, until you can okay. trust her. What were you going to okay. say, Deb? Oh, I was just going to say, Ellen. I think I mean, I'm glad you mentioned to, to see the vet to make sure there's not anything going on urinary-wise. Because actually, female dogs can develop some incontinence problems that can present themselves usually when they're sleeping and lying down. So talking to your vet, having that checked out would be definitely an important step before you start, um, you know, getting really uh, into a vigorous training program. And in the crate, um, I, I, I endorse that as well because if she were having accidents in the crate, you know, I've got more argument for that situation that you got a health problem there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you should always, with, with any kind of problem with bathroom and going to the bathroom and urinating and stuff like that, always take your dog to the vet because, you know, it could be a physical problem that she has. Right. That's and where this you start. Number two, she's not peeing. Oh, she's pooing. Yes. It's not, it's not urine. And, well, and you know what? 
she, the thing about you, it you, is, is every time that we take her out, she goes. It's not like we take her out and she she messes around or anything. She goes out, she does her business, and we come in. So it's not it's not like she's not going. So she she does number two when you take her out at night. Every yes, every night, every time. You know, between eight and nine o'clock at night on schedule. You know, we we have, we keep we we keep a tight schedule. We both work. We you know we have. We have schedules. Well, and, I mean, do me a do me a favor. And do me a favor because you know, it, obviously she's not getting it all out. So stay out there with her a little bit longer. Stay okay. out there a little. Allow her to sniff around. Let her take her time, and let her go more than once. Because I'll bet you she probably has to. She's probably conditioned to go, and then you go in the house. If you right. stay out there a little bit longer with her, no talking, just stand there, let her sniff around, be patient, and, and she goes again, then tell her what a good dog she is. I, I suspect that will help as well. But you've got to take control of the situation so that you can teach her and train her, retrain, rehousebreak her again. And the best way to do that is with a crate or to have her confined to a space that's very close to you so that you can hear her rustle when she has to go. If she right. goes and she does, and you don't wake up, you're gonna you need to use a crate, buddy, because it's not mean. Trust me, she'll love it in there. You know why? Because you're always happy to see her when you open the door, and so they yeah. associate they associate it with good things. All righty, I'll give that a try and see what happens. Thanks for your call today, Jason. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay in to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> Hi, it's Alan Cable. I hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl party. What a game, huh? Went over to someone's house. They had two Cocker Spaniels that they had locked up. Adult dogs, not puppies. We'd been over there before and they'd had the dogs locked up, so I waited to see who was going to come to the Super Bowl party. I already knew that one of the dogs had a problem being around people while the other one remained calm and was very, very happy and content. So I was waiting to see if the folks that came over were dog people, calm, or maybe people who just didn't like dogs. Before I talked to the owners about letting the dog out, I wanted to make sure that everybody had their head in the game so that the dog wouldn't become even more afraid of people. Get the behavior reinforced that people were scary. I also wanted to make sure the owners weren't nervous about letting the dogs free because dogs sense nervousness. They feel it. And when you're nervous and your dog's nervous, that's when you make mistakes. So after talking to everybody and telling them to just ignore the dogs, we opened the closet door where they were, but left them in their crate so they could get used to the sights and sounds and smells. Well, the one's just wagging his tail, wants to meet everybody. The other one's a nervous wreck, just shaking, barking at people too. But everybody just went about their business, eating and talking and pretending the dog wasn't there. I'd given treats beforehand to about five of the people at the party and told them that when they sat down, to not look at the dog and just take a treat out and hold it in their hand. You know, one at a time, not all at once. Then I told them when the dog came to get the treat to gently and slowly pat him on the side of the body. Just a nice stroke. Well, it turned into a wonderful night for the owners and the dog. Within just a few hours, you could see the change in the dog's behavior. This dog was relaxed and calm and walking up to people to be pet. You could see the nervousness just drain right out. The owners were amazed. They had their doubts, but I assured them with a little bit of time and patience, this dog could be great around people. And it happened much faster than I thought it would. The reason was, we had a rare combination of people at this party. They couldn't have been any more perfect. Remember, if you have a dog that's afraid of people, you can change that slowly over time. Be calm and bring them around other calm people who love dogs. 
Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the animal radio studio stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the animal radio studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Volani. How are you doing? So, I'm getting a lot of you. I guess, you know what? What, what is it? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm now that I'm a West Coast guy, I don't pay much attention, but we're in this deep freeze, I guess, <laughs> out, out every, everywhere else, and um. There's a lot of dogs that um, are going out there, and they're getting um, rock salt in their coats. And I had a question from a woman, which is actually a really good question. Um, she has a Shih Tzu, and she wants to know how damaging is this salt to a co- to a dog's coat. And honestly, it's um, as damaging to your pet's coat as it is everything else. Um, salt just breaks down everything, and what it's going to do to your dog's coat, it's gonna it's going to break the hair because when it gets on, it's going to dry it out. And then you're going to have hair breakage and hair loss. And also you can have irritation depending on how sensitive your skin is. And that's not even talking about the pads of the dog's feet. But that's a um, for another that's for another show. The best thing you could do is brush it out. Okay. Get it out of the coat. I mean, of course, bathing and drying is, is, is a wonderful thing. But if, you know, if you're going out there and they're throwing salt on every day, I mean, you're not going to have the luxury of doing that. Well, most people won't. So brush and comb it out, okay, and give it a really, really good brush because a lot of times it's just like the residue on your sidewalk. You throw it down, and what ends up happening is um, it takes, you know, sometimes weeks to go away because it gets embedded. Well, it's the same thing in your pet's coat. So brush it and comb it out really good, and then feel the coat because you'll actually you'll actually feel it on a dog's coat. Um, it's going to have a, a residue type feel, just something a little bit more unnatural than how your dog should normally feel. The other thing is what you can do is once it's brushed out, and there's a human product that I really love. It's Moroccan argan oil, um, and I've been using this on pets now for a couple of years. Now, where do you get that? That, would... that sounds pretty exotic. No, I use it on my No, animal. you Moroccan get it in any supermarket. Argan yeah. oil? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, see? Judy knows what it is because she probably uses it. Um, I a do. lot of women use it in, yes. in their hair because it's, it's a good um, oil conditioning treatment. Now, what it's going to do is is you're going to just put a very small amount, in your, maybe the size of a dime, rub it in and work it in your dog's coat and then rebrush and comb that in. Now, what that's almost going to do is almost going to give like a protective barrier um, where the salt, if it if it does get on the coat, most of it's not going to stick and it's not going to penetrate into the coat itself. So it's going to keep the dogs from getting major hair breakage. And um, that's probably the easiest and the best way to treat the salt. Now, if if you if you know if you're a person who likes to eat dog, well, the salt might be a good brine, so you can. Oh, that, that oh you didn't talk. have to go there. What is that for our well, you Korean listeners? Know, you know, I mean, listen, it's already salted, huh? What are you doing? Even the bird's bird. laughing. <laughs> you know, yeah, the even the bird's, bird's laughing. He's laughing. The bird is a, The bird sounds like the bird's not happy. No, the bird does. Is something wrong with uh, the bird? Gurney. Gurney. Well, because we. We don't have her in the studio um, with us, so yeah, she's in. She's in the other. She room, likes to so. be with you. She's kind she's, of daddy she has, bonded, yes. isn't she? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Bird sounds like a cat's after her. No, she'll take care of the cat. Believe me. Hey, Beth, how are you? Good. How are you today? Good. Where are you? In the 
um, great state of Alabama. The South great, Alabama. Great state of Alabama. I love it. I love it. Now, you don't have that <laughs> Alabama accent, though. Oh, you think not? Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised you say that. <laughs> well, now I'm I hear it there. I catch it. Yeah, I'm picking up on yeah. it. <laughs> well, now, of course, you have the Indiana accent, Dr. Debbie, which is fairly middle America. I have That's the true. Chicago accent. Oh. I'm not from southern Indiana, so it's more that nasally Chicago thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can we help you today, Beth? I have a question for um, Dr. Debbie. I have four dogs. Three of them are labs. One is a mixed breed, and they are, I think, senior dogs. Two of them are 12 years old, and the other two are nine years old. Okay. And I have four. La- I have three labs, and like I said, a mixed breed. I was wondering. I read somewhere about feeding the dogs. We feed our dogs at night or late, late in the afternoon. I read somewhere that as your dog get up, gets older, that perhaps it's a it's better to feed, to split up the feeding, feed in the morning and then at night. What do you think? You know, I personally, in general for any dog, I like feeding twice a day. And there's a couple of reasons. It generally kind of coincides with the social time in the household. So it's a bonding time. Um, and I do meal feeding for my dog. So I set it down and it, it's a time for me to kind of reward them and also practice some obedience uh, skills as well. But also it helps to kind of set that pattern of this is what you're going to do for the day. And, and for many dogs, maybe not so much in an older dog, but it helps to decrease boredom if they have things to do at the beginning and the end of the day, something to look forward to. So they're maybe less apt to chew things in the yard or around the house. Um, and then I'd say the once a day thing for an older pet, we might be a little bit more worried about some health problems. Um, if there's any continence issues, then um, twice a day feeding might be a little tough if they're unsupervised for periods of the time. Um, but it does have the benefit of if you feed twice a day, it can help to maybe decrease the risk of something such as bloat, which is a problem, especially in larger dogs. When um, if we, it's better if we feed small meals more often than very one large, very uh, big meal during the day. So that would be maybe a health benefit I could see for your situation there. But the honest truth is some dogs prefer once a day eating. And if it's kind of ingrained and they seem satisfied, then, then there's no reason you have to change it. It would be more just a strategy to kind of work on some of those other things. And in older pets, we want to make sure they are eating. So um, twice a day feeding does give you that opportunity to really kind of observe their eating and drinking on a more frequent uh, interval. And, and that might be a benefit for the older timers as well. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books. Inspired by true stories of klepto, kitties caught stealing from humans. Mac, the mischievous tabby, is back in Mac on a hot tin roof. But this time, there's little time for his usual shenanigans when Mac becomes the foster parent to an orphaned litter of adorable kittens. Filled with lots of catitude and love, Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere. Books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. And thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Everyone's favorite matchmaking klepto kitty, MacGyver, is back in Mac on a Hot Tin Roof. And this time, he's thieving his way through the greatest adventure of all, parenting. When Mac finds a litter of orphan kittens, the mischievous Tabby has no choice but to put his life of crime on pause. Because the tables have turned, and now Mac is the one to have something stolen. 
his heart. Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold. For more info, visit kensingtonbooks.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. This cold weather is affecting all kinds of animals, big and small. And the death of a young horse that was rescued in Enoch, Utah, is rousing animal cruelty activists. Kendra Munden with Madeira's Gold Horse Rescue said there is no excuse for Elsa's death. Starving to death is, to me, one of the most horrible things that you could ever endure. They can't feed them or they don't want to feed them. They need to try to place them somewhere. Rescuers found the young malnourished horse several weeks ago. Her head was frozen to the ground. Elsa's mom is still being cared for at a Cedar City sanctuary. An Enoch City man is facing cruelty charges in connection with the incident. Well, anybody who leaves a dog outside in the cold should be charged with a felony, says State Senator Greg Ball. He's calling on tougher new legislation to protect dogs and cats from being left outside in the cold all day. The legislation comes in the wake of an incident that occurred in an upstate puppy mill. The new legislation, which is being drafted, will make it a felony for intentionally failing to provide adequate shelter for a dog. The owner of the puppy farm upstate was charged with a violation of the state's agriculture and markets law that only carries a maximum fine of 100 bucks. The legislation will make state law on this fall into line with the punishment for Buster's Law, punishable with up to two years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Earlier this month, uh, Governor Cuomo signed legislation co-sponsored by Ball to enable local governments to regulate pet dealers and puppy mills. An Australian man is gaining worldwide notoriety for the critter that was recently pulled out of his ear. According to the Australian Broadcast Corporation, Last week, doctors pulled a cockroach out of Hendrik Helmer's ear. It was nearly an inch long. The roach was first killed with olive oil, and then they took it out with forceps. It's gross. I don't mean to laugh, but come on. The insect had crawled into Helmer's ear last Tuesday night, and he awoke the next morning in incredible pain. News of the incident was circulating on websites around the world. Hendrick says he wasn't expecting the news to travel so fast, but he understands because many people are freaked out by the idea of having an insect inside their ear. Yes, we are, Hendrick. A pet cemetery owner in eastern Iowa is battling state regulators over the proper procedure for burying horses. The Iowa Department of Natural Resources has fined Steve Johnson $10,000 for not sending dozens of horses to a landfill. The state considers the animals to be solid waste that should be discarded in this manner. Well, the Des Moines Register says that Johnson's appealing the fine to the Iowa Environmental Protection Commission. The group meets and uh, in a few weeks, Johnson's attorney says his client gives the horses a dignified burial. A DNR attorney says the agency is concerned about the quality of the state's groundwater. Experts in the industry of pet burials say uh, states like Iowa may not be keeping pace with how owners want to treat their deceased animals. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, my friend. And if you missed any part of today's show, don't forget you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Listen to it, as well as ask your questions of Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Ellen Cable, and dog father Joey Volani. And i got to say, I've been waiting for this all hour long. This next guy, let me tell you, he was the top of the mob, pretty close to the top of the mob. They called him the head. 
he was a mob street enforcer in Brooklyn. Not the kind of guy you want to mess around with. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you right now, he has changed. His whole life has changed. And I think mostly due to a dog. We'll, we'll find out the story. is a brand new show that's on the Oprah Network. Uh, former mafia head street enforcer, James Giuliani. I welcome him to Animal Radio Airwaves. Hey, James, how are you doing? How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Splendid. Great to have you on the airwaves. Now, you're a pretty scary guy, or you were a pretty scary guy, i got to tell you with that, right now. <laughs> what, but you've changed your ways. What have you done? What, um, what has changed your changed ways? Way. I changed 360. I, uh, well, well, I went from just being a totally bad person to um, meeting the right woman, meeting the right dog, getting on track, opening up a rescue, opening up a dog store, um... You know, I put down alcohol, drugs. Um, I put down everything. Basically, I just, I just uh, left everything behind me and started a new life eight years ago. And the dog helped, right? The dog did everything. Um, I found a dead, um, a dying dog on the street um, with my girl, and um, I, I, you know, I fixed him up. I brought him to the vet. I did everything I had to do. Um, you know, my first dog never had one. I really didn't even want him. Uh, she basically pushed him on me, and. Um, he became my best friend, and then I got the bad news that he was he was dying from lymphoma, and there was nothing we could do, and um, he died on me, and um, he changed my life. Well, you dedicated your life to him after that. From that from that day on, from that day on, I've never picked up a drug or a drink or committed any kind of violent crime. From that day on, I jumped in with two feet and started my journey in the life of rescue. And it's been eight years, and it's been the best time of my life. It was like I was reborn. Well, you have like 60 animals at home, don't you? I have 30 at home, and I have 32 in my rescue. Um, I started a, an organization called Kino's um, Animal Rescue in Brooklyn. And um, basically, I just went to the big store, and I have a cages facility for, for all the animals in Brooklyn, all the little street guys out here. Well, that's a pretty amazing wow. turnaround, and I understand that uh, there's a whole reality show. T- tell people about the reality show and how it came to be, because well, I, I understand that you pitched it to Animal Planet and they turned it down. Well, I pitched it to Matt. I didn't pitch it at all. Everybody came at me at once, and, um, you know, basically I had a choice to make, and, you know, I, there's no other choice when Oprah's name is involved. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, how could you not go with her? She's an animal lover. That's a deal you uh, can't refuse, right? I'm sorry? Nothing. No, 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 Oprah, I, I always loved Oprah. I always loved um, everything about Oprah. I watched her as I was growing up as a kid. And um, I wanted a clean channel. I wanted a channel uh, for people to learn. And um, I think Oprah's platform is the best for me to do that. Um, so my choice went with Oprah within minutes of, of being asked who I'd rather be with. And so far, um, everything's been just, you know, a champagne ride. Well, what's the it's show about? Um, the show, the show is just about my life. The show is about my life with my wife, Madalena Pirelli, um, how she transformed me into what I am now. Um, I just, basically what I do is I go out every day and I rescue what I can. I never overwhelm myself. I do the best by the animal. Um, I got the best, uh, vet, Salvatore Panese, Brooklyn Brett Group, who are the best in the world backing every play, um, that I bring them. And, you know, my word to everybody is, is just, you know, anybody can do what I do. It doesn't take a TV show. It doesn't take, um, you know, celebrity status. It doesn't take money. It just takes going to get something, love it, and, and save it. You know, people ask me how many animals I save. I tell them I don't count. You know, as long as you did one, you're good in my book. 
You know, I don't know much about the mob myself, except for what I see in movies. Do they just let you walk away? Yeah, that was my question. I was just going to ask that. I was going to ask that. I was going to say that. If they let me walk away, um, I would have walked away anyhow. Um, You know, I still have my friends um, that are still near and dear to me. Um, You know, I didn't want to do it no more. I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want violence in my life no more. You know. I wanted to make a change. I never did anything unselfish in my life until I met Bruno, you know, and he showed me how it was. He showed me, you know, how it is to give back. And, um, you know, it was, it was like, you know, being hit um, by a meteorite, believe me. Um, I wasn't expecting what happened. It was totally left field. You know, after eight years, I'm getting phone calls now that I'm on TV, um, on the open channel, and I'm getting phone calls when people saying this isn't you, you know, <laughs> no, you this this can't be you. I'm, I'm, I I fell off the couch when I heard your voice, you know, <laughs> um, because th- you know that's that's how wild of a person I was. So when, when this happened to me, um, you know, and, and how good it felt to me, you know, now I know what I want to do. I want to change people that are me now and, and make them into what I am now. So do you work with other people, like children, you know, that are starting I, out on the... Well, I'll give you a great example. The show aired, the, the fourth show aired Friday night. Uh-huh. Saturday morning, I get a phone call at my store. Some lady called me up. Her son seen my show. He was so amazed by it, he went out looking for rescues. Wow. Now listen, now it gets better. He found a kitten that just got hit by a car under, I mean, um, underneath the car in about a foot of snow. Aww. And they actually captured the cat and brought it to me Saturday afternoon. Now, she said, thank you. And I was like, thank you for what? I said, no, thank you for bringing this kitten to me. She was, no, thank you, because my son would never have done that. Wow. My son would have walked by it. You made him, by your show, you changed his mind to, for us to call you. And, and see how we should do it, and we did it. So don't you understand right there? I, I, that's a victory for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, a, that's a great thing. You know, um, you know, how great is that? The kid was 12 years old. I changed a 12-year-old kid's mind. Instead of walking by the cat, to actually get the cat, take the responsibility of bringing it to me, and let me bring the doctor pee and fix the cat up. Now the cat's beautiful. Right, we're going to take. Let's take a quick break here. We are with James Giuliani. He is former mob thug. Do, do you hate it when people call you that? Or I mean, that's what you were, pretty much. Well, I'm not. I'm not embarrassed by past. Okay, you know. but you've changed and uh, completely. Yes, I did. And we're yes, going to we're going to keep talking to you in just a couple of minutes. You have a brand new show on the Oprah Network. Fridays, 10 p.m. Eastern, Pacific mm-hmm. and Eastern. Okay, and uh, we'll be back with him in just one second. Today's top automotive news story, I'm Nick Miles. Volkswagen of America has announced pricing for its all-new 2020 Atlas Cross Sport with a starting MSRP of $30,545. The Cross Sport features a coupe-like design as well as advanced connectivity and driver assistance systems. The Atlas Cross Sport is powered by either a 276-horsepower V6 or a 235-horsepower four-cylinder engine and will be available this quarter. To find your new Atlas Cross Sport, read our reviews at ourautoexpert.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. 
I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. We are now talking to James Giuliani. He is a uh, former mob street enforcer in Brooklyn. That's a tough life. i got to tell you that right now. And he, he changed his ways. He went to jail for, I believe, three years. And then he met a lady who... How did you know the lady you met was right for you? That's what I want to know. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't. I just knew... Um, that you know what it was? She she was um she was something I never met before. Every girl I've ever dated, you know, uh they want to go out, they want to party, they, they wanted this, they wanted that. And all she basically she didn't want anything from me and um she was very unselfish and she just like she was normal and it, it kind of um intrigued me because I never met a woman like that before and um I stuck around and second week into our relationship she ended up picking my jaw in front of the house. <gasps> What? And um, she yeah, punched you in the face. The jaw, oh and, wow! Uh, I was hooked from that day on. <laughs> I, I, I knew, you know, I loved that about her. I loved that she, you know, that she was, you know, she wasn't there to please me. She was there to straighten me out. And at this point in my life, I needed to be straightened out as much as I didn't think I needed it. And um, you know, without Lena pointing me towards Bruno, without her pushing me towards Bruno, making me pick Bruno up off the street and bring him. I would not be here on this radio station. I would not be on the Oprah station. I would be in uh, the cemetery. I'm, so I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I owe it to my, my girl, the love of my life, and I owe it to Bruno. Because um, if Bruno didn't die on me, I, you know, he died to save me. Yeah. And um, because when he, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it impacted me and, you know, and it set me on my journey. And this is what I want to do. This is what I love to do. Yeah, I got a question. Do you think that all guys, you know, guys like you, you know, with a history of violence, a lot of them enjoy it. You know, they they enjoy inflicting pain on people. Do you think that most guys can be changed into what you are, or do you think it's just a unique circumstance that you actually found that you had a conscience in there somewhere? Well, you, you, you know what it is? There, there are certain people, you know, um, that, that I don't think can ever change. Um, but I think the majority can. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people try to put out there. And, like, one of the big things I'm into is, you know, like for prisons, I think what we should have there is we should have um, certain prisoners who, who are doing these bids. There should be dogs allowed on the, prim- on the premises where they can start working and training with the animals. Because I think um, once anybody gives their, their soul up to an animal, um, I hate using that word, but, you know, a pet, um, I really feel that it, 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 it just it makes their whole life good around just from loving the animal. It breaks the wall down. You understand? Because you got to remember something. I didn't, I didn't like people. Um, I never encountered that. Um, you know, pets, I never had one. But I always hated people. And to this day, you know, I'm still more with, with the pets, with the animals. Do you understand? So it's like a wall was in me, and the only thing that took the wall down, it wasn't a human, it wasn't a person, it wasn't a priest. It was an animal, and I think that if we if we incorporate that into our prison systems and let these 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 um, these felons work with animals, I think we could break that wall down, and their heart can start showing more. Here, you know, here, I, I truly believe that an animal heals everything. I truly do because it healed me. I'm going to check out the show. I hope you do too. Oprah Network. It's Fridays, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. It's called the Diamond Collar. The Diamond yes, it Collar. Is. And that, of course, is our brand-new friend, James Giuliani, joining us. Hey, James, please stay in touch, will you? Guys, listen, it, honestly, it was a pleasure. Um, um, you're great people. What you do is great. It's amazing. 
And, yeah, I will definitely keep in touch, and I will definitely keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, you know, everybody just watch the Diamond Collar. You can learn. It's very simple. You know, I'm not jumping through hoops and knocking down doors. I'm just doing real rescue and the way it should be done. You're awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. No, thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. There you go. An amazing man right there, James Giuliani. He has changed his ways there, all for the better. Oprah Network, 10 p.m. Uh, that's Eastern and Pacific on Friday nights. Changed his this ways what? 360 oh. degrees. First thing he said was, he, I've changed my ways 360 degrees. I changed 360. I, uh... And but really, he had to have a conscience in there somewhere for that to happen. See, people, there's a lot of people how they don't, they, they don't understand that. That's that. common. Because Dr. It, Debbie, you know if someone changes their ways 360 degrees, they're back, they're, where, they're they back to where they started. <laughs> it is. It has to be 180 <laughs> degrees is the halfway. Yes, it's yeah. opposite. Yes. Yes, yes it's yes. math and then animal math radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs or cats, horse or emu. Des Moines resident Clarence Fenton was recently charged with driving under the influence of drugs. His dog's drugs. He's still not exactly sure what happened. Authorities say the phenobarbital that was in his bloodstream when he crashed into a utility pole with his car had been prescribed by a vet. 47-year-old Fenton said he took what he thought were the doctor-prescribed antidepressants when police reports show his car hit the pole. His blood work showed that Fenton had actually taken seizure control pills prescribed for his dog, Saturn. Tammy Noble of the Poison Control Center said the story is more common than you'd think. She said they've had three cases this year. People often take their pet's heartworm medication. Ooh, This would be a good time to remind you to read the labels of any medication you're taking. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. That's all we have time for today. Be sure to visit us over at AnimalRadio.com and download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's an easy, easy, free download. Even Alan can do it. I could if I wanted. I want to thank William Braden and James Giuliani, Giuliani for joining us today. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.